We've got the latest USDA numbers on net farm income, plus there was a new ruling on Dicamba this week, and so much more on today's episode of the Arkansas AgCast, which starts right now. You're listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Jason Brown and John Nickman. Howdy, everybody. Hello, hello. How we doing? Good, 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 good. Happy Thursday. Happy uh, February the 8th. Yeah, Uh, big day. Cranking through. Uh, cranking through February already, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, today's been a, or not today, this week. This week has been a whirlwind. Yeah, I haven't really had the opportunity to stop and just think. It's just been reacting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, that's a good thing. Time passing quickly. Yeah, but yeah. um, it has been busy. Uh, I went up to Jonesboro yesterday for the A State Agri Business Conference, and that was uh, great to attend. A lot of great speakers there. Heard some insight. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit vindicating a lot of topics that we cover here on this program. Really? Uh, yeah, and some. Uh, I really wanted to go. I just I couldn't make it. Yeah, it was good. Um, good, good stuff. Um, I'll give a shout out to Harrison Pittman who gave a uh, presentation called "Back to the Future," <laughs> and he did a comparison of sort of the ag industry and ag world, yeah, uh, and geopolitical mm-hmm. issues uh, thirty years ago and then today. It's pretty interesting to see how much of that stuff is running parallel to yeah. an extent. So, Sorry, sometimes past uh, repeats itself to some extent. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, it was it, it was a cool presentation, and then we heard from um, Ag Heritage on some tips for farmers. Yeah. Uh, frankly, just staying in business, being successful. Goodness, we, we got my we're clumsy around man, the microphone, no, aren't we? Uh, you want to hit your microphone real quick? You guys okay? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I mean, or something. <laughs> did you take your medication today? Yeah, something. Where am I? I'm where you were last week. What did I do I, last week? You know, Was you're like, on? guys, I'm just not well rested. I haven't been <sighs> resting with Yeah. I yeah. feel like I've gotten that eight hours every night this week, yep. and uh, I just I don't know what it is. I cannot come over the. I was at the gym this morning in the sauna. Guy was in there with me. He's a friend of mine. He's mm-hmm. like, man, uh, I don't know. Anybody, you know, seasonal depression, like, you know, getting down in the dumps. He starts just kind of randomly talking to me about yeah. how winter can impact our mental health or whatever. I'm like, man, is he trying to tell me something? <laughs> is he worried about me? I don't know. Yeah, self-evaluation. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I think you're right. Like, I, I think just told just... him, I was like, I'm ready to get outside, you know. He's like, yeah, man. It took me, I think, well, we were at the Arkansas Grown Conference. I made that comment of, yeah, just the the holiday baby being sick, then me sick, wife sick, and yeah, then it snowed, and it just like like you couldn't catch up. Yeah, yeah. But it was this week, I I thought I was. Yeah, and then what we're about to talk about today really fired up everything <laughs> this week. <laughs> so. Oh me, um, but yeah. Anyway, great, great, great presentations. Great, uh, great meeting yesterday. A lot of people there. Yeah, like I said, uh, I think I was in the middle saying, um, I. Heritage was there. They gave some tips about staying in business and, and keep being successful on the farm from a from a profit perspective. Yeah, 
Um, and then the head of extension at Mississippi State came in and gave a talk on the Farm Bill, and uh, that was great. He he had some information from a friend of Arkansas Farm Bureau, John Newton, yeah, staff economist uh, for the Republican side of the Senate Ag Committee, uh, and some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, be interesting to watch and and see how that plays out. I think that conversation has picked up quite a bit this week. I saw some comments from. Center Stab now as well. Mm-hmm. Center Bozeman, which we'll talk about here in a few, uh, had some thoughts, uh, some additions to the thought process. I would say in the farm bill. Did so, they give uh, any kind of timeline? No, I think that's I think that's the million dollar question right now, yeah. or the trillion dollar question uh, right now is when we'll have a uh, a farm bill. Yeah, I think everybody. Uh, I'll t- I'll say this, not to. Uh, I guess I mean we're not reporting on this, but. The, the end conclusion, I think, was simply, um, you know, Senator Stabenow is not running for re-election. So yeah. there's a great motivation on the Democrat side to uh, get her a win on the way out the door. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, this this uh, speaker was, was saying the closer we get to the presidential, the more we're going to see folks want to drag their feet because mm-hmm. both sides think we're going to be in charge in the White House, in the Senate, in the House, so we'll have a better chance of making a farm bill we want. Yeah. Both, both sides think that. Putting their so people in those He's spots. like, the closer we get to that presidential election, uh, the less motivated people will be okay. to get a farm bill passed. So he actually floated. Uh, again, this is all speculation. This is one person's opinion. But he actually floated the the idea that um, the potential for another extension. Ooh, that's the first time I've heard that. Well, again, one person, one 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 opinion, but um, we'll see. It is what it is. Uh, we, you know, some other uh, items we saw this week kind of get pushed back or, or or not not passed through that that they thought were going to get passed through. Uh, Potentially for the presidential race too, so um, you know who yeah. knows. Did so, they uh, acknowledge you as a the podcast? as an expert? Yeah, uh, they did not. The famous fact, Jason Brown. <laughs> matter of fact, here with us I don't today. know that anybody <laughs> knew who I was. Uh, so uh, except for the Farm Bureau folks, yeah. Who there. But you know, we might might try and uh, hit up Dr. Greenwald and see if we can get up there and record this program. That would be good. Uh, I thought that I thought about that yesterday. Yeah. Be good to to do a show from there, so. right there in the middle of the lobby, during one of the breaks. Hey, why yeah. not? You know, exposure, man. Yeah, exactly. Did anyone introduce you as podcast boy? <laughs> no, Dan wasn't there. Where's so your other I, podcast boy? Podcast yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dan wasn't there, so uh, we uh, we we failed to get any mentions there too. Well, there, that's out why. we are just regular. That's why. They, they said <laughs> podcast boy. Well, everybody cool was, we thought we were. They, they might have whipped their heads around there. The podcast boy. Had somebody said that. Uh, we would have gotten some attention. There you go. You should have announced yourself right when you walked yeah. in. I should have put on my name badge. There you go. <laughs> hey, thank Podcast you. boy one of three. <laughs> <laughs> or introduce yourself and you ask questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Podcast boy Hi. here. Uh, Hi, just podcast boy. Uh, some information uh, on the farm bill, please. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, it, like I said, we, it's, you know it's Thursday. We're wrapping up the week. Y'all know what's coming Sunday—the big game. The we're big not game. we're not allowed to say the SB word. Uh, I actually looked at the rules on that before we came down here. Uh, so, 
Goodness gracious. Interesting. Again, so okay. we cannot say SB. Very interesting. Uh, well, it's the big game. It's the big game. And who you got? Oh, really? I So I don't. I mean, Can we not who, say the team's names either? Not supposed to. Okay, what color? You got red or red? red. <laughs> Gold helmets or red helmets? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really don't care. My father-in-law has been a fan of the gold helmets for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, proximity. Mm-hmm. Red helmets are interesting. Yeah. Good story there. Yeah. Um, but I really, I don't, I don't know that I have a choice. I mean, I, I always watch for the commercials anyway. Yeah, yeah. Being I'll, an old advertising guy and, you know, whatever. Ah, man, I, I'm, I'm going with the, the red helmets. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, but I'm not going to be mad if the gold helmets win. So does that make yeah, sense? Makes sense to me. We got two Razorback players. I don't even know if I can say that now. There is a there is on, a on, uh, on the gold helmet team. I saw something this morning that there is a, a guy who played football at England uh, down here on the uh, red helmet. Team. England high school. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So uh, what about you, Brian? What about me? Brian, Fred or Gold Helmet? <laughs> <laughs> We're struggling Oh, today. and numbers. We have to stick to numbers. Oh. Not player mm. names. Ah, Name so and likeness. I will be. Um, I don't really have a dog in the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I will say that if I did have one, um, it would likely be the one that's closer in proximity to us. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I am. Um, if there's a if there's a, something that pushes me, yeah. yeah. For our family, listeners out there, if you're not sure, we're in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I got family and friends that are you know big fans, and, and yeah. I like them and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, I have been to the other team's stadium. And oh, it's have you? Quite nice. Yeah. So oh, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, went to a Coldplay concert yeah. there. I can say uh, Coldplay. So okay. uh, you can, you can. Speaking of, there's a band that I very much want to see that's playing at the Sphere. I thought they were done. They had kind of called it quits last fall. And uh, tickets, boy, are out of control. I, I think well, he's the last one to get the, will, the best uh, price. Yeah, I, know. Will, tickets. I will divulge a, a little more info. Uh-huh. Um, I will be there a week from Sunday. Really? I did not want to be there on Super Bowl weekend, mm, but uh, sure, sure, I'm, sure. I'm going back to see them one more time. Okay. Wow. Uh, I did see they incorporated their performance, the venue, the whole nine in the Grammys. Yeah. I watched my first Grammys yes. for the first that time, was all, time. Most of that was all pre-recorded stuff from previous because Larry Mullen was there if you noticed some of the footage, but mm-hmm. it was very mm-hmm. cool. They, yeah. they did a good job. So, a good promo for uh, them. You it know? was. And, it was and, good. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, there's – I don't know why I brought that up. That has nothing to do with the big game. Uh, but, anyway. Uh, it's happening in the same town, so. Yeah. There you go. I guess I guess that's the connection. Uh, I thought this was fun. So, uh, uh, speaking of the game, uh, American Farm Bureau sent out some interesting stats this week on – Food consumption yeah. for the game. And let's be honest. That's what team I hope wins. The kitchen crew. The kitchen crew? Man, I, I'm a big fan Are of Are you going to be a part of the kitchen crew? Oh, yeah. Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, matter of fact, we host a um, 
at my house, I call it the semi-annual half Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. It's because we don't do it necessarily every year. Yeah. We always talk and we're like, oh, yeah, we can do it this year. We can't. And uh, there's one rule at my Super Bowl party. Yeah. That is, as soon as the halftime show is over, you got to go home. You got to get out of here. <laughs> Stick here. Daddy's got to go sleep. Yeah, That's pretty that, funny. That was, that was the first year. We hosted the party. I'm like, I, we want to do this, but like, I don't want to be up late and you know, whatever. You know, got to work yeah. tomorrow, whatever. So well, the very first year that we did this, we told everybody, you, you're welcome to come over. Yeah, but just understand, you got to leave when the halftime show's over. Yeah. So we call it the semi-annual half half uh, every so often half Super Bowl party. Mm. Um, but we generally do have it every year, and and. Uh, uh, the menu, I was sharing my part of the menu out with our friends, text group earlier this yeah. week. So, yeah. Well, uh, we got invited to, I wouldn't call it a party, just a gathering at somebody's house. Yeah, this is no party. There's like three couples. The game starts so. at what, 530, I think? Uh, yeah, something yes, like it that. Does. Yeah. Yeah. It little, does. little Tone Tone goes to bed about six, so yeah, we're not, we're, we're not going to make that. Yeah, Maryland's bedtime <laughs> is 730. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we want to be as close to that as possible. But... So talking about food, mm. um, uh, according to American Farm Bureau uh, data here, there there will be almost one and a half billion with a B chicken wings consumed during the game on Sunday. I wonder what one and a half billion chicken wings looks like. There's like how much I need area a, would that take up? I need a this will go from here to the moon five times or whatever. I think type, we can handle that in comparison. our department, uh, uh, but. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun to see. Our stats will be late, though. If I see you guys down the hall, measuring chicken, chicken wings. wings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this one's not as long as the other one. Yeah. Uh, more than 8 million pounds of corn tortilla chips mm. will be eaten during the game. That's a lot of corn. Uh, yeah. More than... Here's... What do you think is the... Well, that's not fair. All right. Cheese. Jeez. It's up there, top three, I think. Consumed that's, food. It's almost on everything. I, on I can believe player. it. Yeah, twenty-five million pounds of cheese that consumed would, that during would, the game. I, I bet that would take up <laughs> multiple warehouses. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I bet you're right. Uh, I bet you're right. I know I've got like three or four different kinds of cheese yeah. on my grocery list. Yeah, for yeah, the, yeah. For, Are there any for stats the for how much indigestion the stuff happens? Yeah, during we the next need week, a, so, um, what. Yeah, I don't know what ag products are in, like Tums, yeah. but that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. We need to figure that out yeah. and, and measure yeah. that. Um, but it got me thinking, you know, what's one thing, uh, you know, that you want to make sure as you go to this party or if you and Star, you know, just you two at home or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, what's one thing that you for sure want to be on the table, on the bar, I should say, the, the island of the kitchen? <laughs> he's nodding at me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he's trying to think of trying to should, share the love if he here, wants to know? bring deviled eggs back since they missed yeah. him. At, oh man, uh, he shouldn't have brought that up. I can't believe I forgot yeah. about that. Big <laughs> game deviled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> well, there there's so many things, but uh, <clears throat> my guilty pleasure cheeses. Cheeses, believe it or you not, you like cheeses. Huh? I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Just plain? You dip them in anything? Oh no, just plain the the uh, the cheddar jack. Ah, they're really good. Yeah. So I think those commercials are hilarious. 
Oh, oh they're, they are. very they're, funny. Yeah. I'm the cheesiest and, coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I make our popcorn, and so we have homemade popcorn and Cheez-Its Ooh. a lot of times, and it's nice. really good. Yeah. So Okay. I don't really, I don't know, uh, chicken wings would definitely have to be there. Yeah. Uh, somebody said earlier, pigs in the blanket. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I have a plan. Uh-huh. I'm taking a buddy's idea from a hunt season. He made uh-huh. Italian beef sandwiches that were slow cooked. You know, the chuck roast was slow cooked for, I don't know, all day, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about making little sliders. Ah. Uh, yeah. Like little fillet like a little or, or like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, Italian beef. Italian beef. Yeah. Okay. Provolone melted on top. Mm, yeah. Yes, sir. Mm, little peppers and onions. When we ever, when we do a pot roast at my house, not very often, and I don't do the carrots, potatoes version. I do the Mississippi pot roast yeah. version or whatever. I always have to have a brioche bun and some provolone for mm. the leftovers. Yeah. Um, make a little sandwich or two out of that. Nice. I yeah. might go that route, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking slow. I like that, though. I'm doing wings. I... Wings are fine. I mean, I take them or leave them, you know, but they feel like they've got to be there. Um, and Heather's doing the uh, Hawaiian roll sliders, but the ham Swiss version, yeah. you know, that you've probably had before. Prob- uh, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. You, you bake them in the oven. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably more Arkansas-specific. I, I used to make duck uh, poppers for Super Bowl every year. Yeah. Interesting. The, the big game, excuse me. I found I found a recipe uh, that is a pig in the blanket mixed with a jalapeno popper. Mm. So you go like pastry puff, and then uh, the the jalapeno put the cheese mix in, drop a cocktail weenie in there, wrap it up, and wow. like that. And I think I'm going to do those. Yeah, that's really like I always I... pick something that I've never done before. Yeah, one year I did. Pork belly, uh, corn dogs, uh, oh. done a few different things like that. So this is my new thing I've never done before. You notice he he gives us all this information, but he, he hadn't invited us to this. Oh, I know. Game <clears throat> well, already. apparently, if he does, we're kicked out. Yeah, I mean, time, just so. know you're welcome, <laughs> but just know. <laughs> uh, I will try to make an effort to bring in some jalapeno poppers from my son-in-law because he is the he is really? the popper king. Okay, um, they are mind blowing. Yeah, very good. Uh, nice. Which, shout out to my yeah. uh, daughter. It's her birthday today. Oh, oh really? Birthday. How about yes. that? Happy From birthday. From the podcast, boys. Yeah. <laughs> is this your? Is this the same son-in-law that has been in here for an episode before? No, that's my son. Okay, that's <clears> your okay. son. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, this is my son-in-law in, yeah. in, uh, in Mountain View. So. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, Happy how birthday. about that? Happy birthday. Uh, let me see. Okay, let's let's. Let's get on with the business. We had a long show last week. We talked about a lot of stuff um, last week, so let's try and be a little bit more efficient. Uh, a programming note, uh, we're not going to have a regular show next week. Um, Mr. McMahon here is headed up to D.C. for uh, Issues Advisory Committee meetings. And yep. So we are going to uh, fulfill a promise, though, that we made uh I guess probably the last two weeks we've talked about having Jake on. Yes. Yes, we are. So you're going to record a deep dive. <laughs> yeah, we're going to record a deep dive with uh, J- Mr. Cartwright, Director Cartwright, yeah. if yeah. you will. <laughs> uh, you know, last week I gave numbers on, uh, what was it, cattle inventory or cattle prices mm-hmm. and beef prices for the southeast that was reported by uh, Dr. David Anderson out at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jake's going to come in and give us a little bit more detail about – 
all those national numbers for yeah. the whole cattle industry. And also, if you remember last year, he gave a really good story or input on cold beef storage. Yes, I do and remember that. kind of the impact of that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what our, you know, we've got a lower number or inventory of cattle herd or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, how that affects cattle prices, how that affects beef prices, what mm-hmm. the consumer's going to see. Uh, Jake's going to go into a lot of that. Nice. Uh, and you've got, lucky for you all, you've got two economists nerding out on statistics. Hashtag nerd alert. <laughs> we do. Uh, I bet we talk about supply and demand. How about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, well, that's good. So still a good show next week. Obviously, a, a mm-hmm. deep dive. We haven't had a deep dive in a little while. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then this weekend, also, in addition to the game, um, I thought I'd just give a shout-out to our wife and our folks. Um, their convention is this weekend. Yeah. Um, and that's going on. I think it starts tomorrow, Friday. Yes. Um, it runs through Saturday. They've got a lot of workshops. Uh, they've got the Peterson brothers coming in to do a keynote. Really? Yep. And then, um, I've heard that the Ag Olympics are back. I heard that too. Uh, and I hope there's some sort of plan to document that preferably in video. Yeah. Uh, cause I want to see some of that, uh, that action yeah, going down. Yeah, uh, the competition is probably going to be hot. Yeah. Tricycle races. <laughs> I mean, all kind. what else is there, Brian? Um, do you they, know? Well, <clears throat> they usually do a, uh, <clears throat> like a log sawing, uh, kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen it in person. I've just seen photos. Okay. Uh, okay. So, okay. you know, I sort of feel like that there should have been an, <sighs> honorary team an ag cast team put together on this deal you know and like well there's there's still time but well you know they do little tractor races we don't want to well i'll be there we don't want to be there so if you're oh yeah you're giving a presentation if you are interested in learning more about a crop market outlook brandy carol and i will be giving that uh at 115 to 215 nice yep and it's at the mc on saturday Saturday. yes saturday so uh, you can either watch me give a good presentation or fumble through my words. So we'll I have happens. faith in you. I have faith in you. I think you're going to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kick off the news this week. And uh, I'm kind of excited about this. This is a topic that almost everybody is talking about, mm-hmm. but we've never covered on the AgCast. How oh, about yeah? that? I'm not talking about Taylor Swift, so oh, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um, I'm talking about the eclipse on April 8th. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Pine Bluff commercial had a great story this week, and I sent it to you. I mm-hmm. said, hey, should we? I think this is kind of cool. Should we cover something on the eclipse? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a, a great, great one to cover. And honestly, um, we like this one because it brings up still on Brown before the show, it brings agriculture in to the, to the mix here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Pine Bluff commercial had this story, uh, on how the eclipse could have a measurable impact on rural and agricultural communities. Yeah. Uh, the reporting notes that the influx of traffic as folks seek out unobstructed views of the sky will be, uh, the hotspots during the event. So take, you know, just to take that a step further, the U of A system division of ag says that farmland uh, is probably uh, going to be a target spot. Yeah, open for these. pastures and fields. And- 
Yeah, exactly, for these spectators. No trees, no buildings, you know, that kind of a thing. So on April 8th, between noon and 4 p.m., let's set the stage here, the Earth's moon will completely eclipse the sun for about four minutes over any given location in its path. So for Arkansas, this means a shadow approximately 118 miles wide, stretching from the southwest corner of the state to the northeast corner. The shadow is expected to begin near uh, Dequeen at 1.46 p.m. and exit the state at about 2 p.m. up near Pocahontas. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's according to the Arkansas Department of Transportation. The story has some great, this story has some uh, great insight from Matthew Davis. He's staff chair for the Jackson County Cooperative Extension Service. uh, And he's been giving some tips and information to prepare residents for the possible influx of motorists. Uh, Davis says that the concern, uh, the concern here is largely that local uh, county and state two-line, two-lane highways uh, typically used by sizable farming equipment, sometimes exceeding 20-foot widths, uh, will be potentially full of additional vehicles, yeah. specifically pointing to uh, the fact that people use these less trafficked uh, roads as places to pull off to view the eclipse. This could be concerning to farmers. Uh, given that we'll likely have farmers in field in the field by this time of year, April eighth. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, estimated estimates point get this to the potential for one and a half million people traveling from outside the state to see the eclipse. Wow, that does not include an additional estimated half million Arkansans expected to travel uh, to take part in the spectacle. Yeah, that too. would increase our population by. Fifty percent, mm, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Uh, when you have the, an influx of two million people in these mostly rural areas mm-hmm. of the state, uh, the infrastructure impacts are going to be top of the top of mind. Yeah, Davis offers up some recommendations for both motorists as well as farmers. We're just going to cover the farmer mm-hmm. perspective here, um, but mostly because you know farmers are likely to be in the field in April. Uh, for instance, when a farmer is planning their route. If you're going to move around that day, make sure your lights on your equipment are legal and working. Yeah. Uh, use slow moving moving vehicles, uh, m- slow moving vehicle signage, and make sure it's visible. Proceed with caution when entering and exiting the highways. A lot of these are no brainer stuff we're doing every day anyway. Use follow cars uh, when f- with flashing lights to alert traffic that big big equipment's coming through. Verify that your attachments are secured, those lights are functioning, equipment widths and heights are noted, you know, that kind of thing. And if traffic stops, pull over, ask for assistance, or just remain, you know, in in place until the traffic clears. Uh, this is all pretty standard procedure, like I said, but maybe the best rule of thumb uh, is just to simply limit the equipment mo- movement during the day of the eclipse. Uh, move equipment to areas uh, that would provide a full day of work without the need to move it. Uh, you know, make those moves in advance. Yeah, uh, get that equipment to that field uh, before the eighth gets here, and maybe try and stick to that one spot that day. Um, but anyway, yeah, just some some good information here. What day is uh, April eighth? It's a Monday. It's a Monday. It's yeah. a Monday. It'll be happening that afternoon. I know. Thinking about motorist impact or you know impact on the roads, I know. Little Rock and North Little Rock School District have already dismissed that day, and they oh, have really? both cited traffic concerns. Oh, wow. So uh, the the eclipse would be happening right right around release time, mm-hmm. and they don't want 
buses and parents to be navigating those yeah you know all these folks little rock is in the full yeah the full uh blackout area so um i've already seen uh warnings issued on cell phone outages Mm -hmm. just because the towers being overrun yeah uh encouraging paper maps and things like this during that time so i you know i think i think we will see impacts on our infrastructure um and and as this says you know there'll be a specific focus on those rural um communities maybe vince allow us to get on top of the building maybe so (laughs) (laughs) is that an official request if if you listen vince so (laughs) so i have a question yeah just based on everything we talked about last week Uh uh-huh what happens if the moon sees its shadow? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Uh, I'll let you answer that one. It turns into Swiss cheese. <laughs> I don't know. Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah, I saw an article the other day that said the moon is shrinking, and I didn't get to open it and like read it. You can't drop something like but that. But how could the moon without... shrink? Is it just getting further away from Earth? Is my question. So yeah, maybe I can so. report when back you, on that. Yeah, actually. find find out find yeah. out what you can find out about that. Okay. Well. All right. I provided some good news. I think both my stories were good news yeah. last week. Yeah, they were. Do not have that for you today. Okay. <laughs> At least in this story. All right. Actually, yeah, we'll just not this story. Okay. So uh, given the article that uh, I sourced this from AgriPulse uh, re- regarding net uh, farm income mm-hmm. is forecasted to be down quite a bit in 2024. Okay. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service has forecasted a significant drop in farm income for the second year in a row. Wednesday's forecast shows net farm income for 2024 falling by 25.5% or $39.8 billion in nominal dollars. This is for the U.S., Mm -hmm. not just Arkansas. This is after 2023 where net farm income had already dropped by 16% or $29.7 billion from 2022. If we adjust those numbers to account for inflation, USDA Mm -hmm. is projected $116.1 million of net farm income for 2024 would be 1.7% below the 20-year average and 40.9% below the 2022 record. Mm. So pretty low. So if we look at uh, net cash farm income, which is a broader measure of profits uh, that also accounts for government payments, mm-hmm. uh, it is it too is, is also forecasted to have a similar decline of 25.8% or $42.2 billion when adjusted for inflation. This figure is also about 13.7% lower than the 20-year average as well. Mm-hmm. It has fallen 43.2% uh, since its peak in 2022. Uh, according to the article, declines mm-hmm. are mainly driven by dropping commodity returns and government payments as well as increasing production expenses. That's kind of been the story yeah. what, for the last three or four years. Yeah. Uh, so ERS uh, is also expecting cash receipts to drop by more than $21 billion in 2024, largely due to a $16.7 billion uh, year-over-year decline in crop returns on falling corn and soybean income specifically. Mm. On the other hand, animal and animal product receipts are projected for a smaller drop around $4.6 billion. Interesting. Production costs are expected to rise $16.7 billion and would increase forecasted expenses to $455.1 billion due to higher labor costs and rising purchase prices for poultry and livestock production. Lastly, the income forecast and additional economic factors are projected to add another $27 billion to farm sector debt, a 5.2% increase in total, $547.6 billion. Some good news would be that the sector's equity and assets are both projected to rise 4.7% through the, the year. 
However, the debt-to-asset ratios are projected to experience a slight drop from 12.73% in 2023 to 12.78% in 2024. Hmm. Like I said, not the greatest news. Yeah. But I think a lot of farmers probably already assumed this would continue to be the case this year. Mm -hmm. And you'd like to think that they've planned accordingly. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a, another another down year. And what I, I, I think what we, I reported on this a little bit last year, the government payments – you know, we got from COVID or kind of uh -huh. that, that China trade issue. Mm -hmm. We had all those a few years ago. So those numbers were slightly inflated because of that. Because of that. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. So, But this year we're expecting lower commodity prices in our production um, production cost is going up. Or it has been yeah, up. As you say, again, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, based on what I heard yesterday, as long as the conflict com continues, as one of the questions that was asked there is, yeah. What does the end of the Ukraine-Russia conflict mm -hmm. look like? It's The point was well made. It's got to end. Yeah. And what does that do for input production? Yeah. So much of that uh, that comes from that region. Well, I think like we I reported what, two weeks ago, I think it was at the, the conference, uh -huh. about the shipping costs uh -huh. and going through the Red Sea and the Panama Canal, if those things aren't improved. Yeah. If that conflict in the Red Sea is not improved and water doesn't rise in the Panama Canal, we could see commodity prices going down. Going down, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, Senator Bozeman, you know, I think we alluded to this at the at the beginning but uh, the show. Senator Bozeman um, leverages data, this report, mm -hmm. uh, as an opportunity to come out and say, hey, look, we've got to look at the farm safety net in the farm bill. Yeah. You know, and just as a reminder, when you look at numbers like this, We've got to do something to make sure that we're we're providing the support and the help that farmers need. Yeah, and uh, I've said in on a few presentations, uh, specifically Hunter Byram of the U of A mm -hmm. Extension, mm -hmm. he's uh, he's really big on or really focused uh, on uh, crop insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, but he specifically said revenue protection would be really something good for producers to look at this year. Mm. Uh, so if you're not you know insurance savvy or crop insurance savvy, reach out to Hunter. Or me, and I can you know, forward you his information. Mm -hmm. he, and I think he's got a crop insurance decision tool out now mm -hmm. on U of A's website. Nice. So, yeah. That, yeah, look into that. Okay. Well, you want to take a short break and hear a bit about what Farm Bureau membership can do in your community? Yeah. Your Arkansas Farm Bureau membership supports the work we do on behalf of Arkansas farmers, ranchers, and communities around the state. A $40 annual Farm Bureau membership makes a difference in your neighborhood. From youth leadership programs and academic scholarships to hunger relief and disaster support, you can make a difference and be a champion for your community. Join at ARFB.com. All right, it's been a while since we've reported on fruit production. Uh, I'm trying to make you proud here, uh, let alone Jealous. fruit breeding. So how about we cover some news on that front today? Let's do it. The, uh, the Arkansas Fruit Breeding Program has released a new late-season blackberry to give growers a premium product after other varieties are done yielding. Uh, Commercial-scale propagators have licenses and material for sale. Uh, I'm sorry, this, this would be for that commercial, those commercial-scale uh, growers, yeah. uh, mostly. Uh, it's called the Sweet Ark Immaculate, uh, and it is a thornless, Floricane fruiting blackberry mm. that offers medium to large berries that have been shown to hold up well after harvest. 
Uh, floor cane varieties produce flowers and fruit on second year canes. Uh, I did a little research uh, on this, and 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 that's basically what that means. There's you know either the first year or the second year. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Margaret Worthington. Uh, I think who a lot of us are familiar with. Mm-hmm. She's breeding director at the fruit breeding program f- of the fruit breeding program for the U of A Ag Extent Experiment Station. Goodness, said that people. Uh, she said people have been asking for a new late season variety from the Arkansas program for a long time now. She went on to say the main advantages of Sweet Ark Immaculate uh, and and what it has over the late season blackberry varieties. Uh, out now are its outstanding post-harvest performance It's a and its great yield potential. She also said Sweet Ark Immaculate demonstrates a step forward for blackberry firmness, which aids in holding up well during storage and shipping. Post-harvest trials at the Fruit Research Station near Clarksville show that Sweet Ark Immaculate had better fruit firmness than all comparison cultivars uh, after two weeks of refrigerated mm-hmm. storage. So why are these late season varieties important? Yeah, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, <laughs> late season varieties are treasured for growers in the shipping industry to command a higher premium because less fruit is available during that period. Oh yeah. But Worthington said it's also nice for local growers who can have uh, fruit available at farmers markets, fruit stands, or pick your own operations later in the season. Yeah. Kind of extends that season out, including sweet uh, sweet arc. Immaculate, the Arkansas Fruit Breeding Program has publicly released 22 blackberry varieties, with 16 of those being floor cane fruiting. Sweet Ark Immaculate is available for licensing to propagators right now. Uh, you can simply contact the Technology Commercialization Office for licensing information. I know I've said it here before, mm-hmm. or maybe I haven't, but if I haven't, you're going to hear it now. Yeah. If you've eaten a blackberry before in your life, more than likely, 99.99% chances that it was bred right there in Clarksville, Arkansas. That's so If you awesome. ate one in Japan, yeah. it was bred in Clarksville, Arkansas. Yeah. We did a great story. One of the first things I did when I moved here uh, was talking to uh, talking to them about the Arkansas connection to cotton, uh, not cotton candy grapes. Yeah. yeah. To cotton candy oh, yeah. grapes. And those genetics started in this program. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool. They've got a bunch of varieties up there. If you ever get a chance to go to one of their field days, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, and you, you, you get to have your fill of blackberries <laughs> and anything else they, <laughs> they take you around. That's so awesome. It's nice. That's awesome. Well, I got one more story. Okay, uh, and then we'll wrap up. Um, this is a little touchy subject. It's yeah, been sure. for a long time, sure. uh, but dicamba is back in the news after a new ruling that came out of Arizona this week. According to AgriPulse, a federal judge has vacated the 2020 registrations of dicamba. David Burry, a U.S. district judge in Arizona, determined EPA violated notice and comment requirements when it issued new use registrations for cotton and soybean dicamba-tolerant crops. The the products affected are Bayer's Extended Max, BASF's Ingenia, and Syngenta's uh, Tavion or Tavion? Tavion? Yeah, Tavion. And... The judge was quoted saying the EPA did not afford notice, comment, or any opportunity for hearing when it is used uh, the twenty or when it was issued the twenty twenty dicamba registrations. Uh, in addition, EPA failed to determine no additional data was necessary before issuing the twenty twenty unconditional registrations for over the top dicamba, uh, according to the judge. Mm. Uh, 
key in on that over-the-top thing as I go yeah. here. Okay. It's the second time in recent years that Dicamba has been subject to an adverse court order. In June 2020, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals vacated the registrations, but declined after that decision to halt the actual use of the product. EPA allowed producers to use Dicamba on hand since the decision came in in the, in the midst of a growing season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the impact of the judge's ruling on 2020, 2024 di- acreage is unclear at this time. So back then when it was when it was hit in, what, 2020, that decision was made, producers had already bought dicamba-resistant seed. They've mm-hmm. already bought their dicamba chemicals. So it would have put people in quite a financial crunch, mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah. Uh, according to the judge, the seriousness of EPA's error to consider new data in 2020, 2020 is – compounded by the finding in the Ninth Circuit decision that the original registrations issued for over-the-top dicamba in 2016, amended in 2018, failed to consider risk to certain stakeholders, including those not using over-the-top dicamba. Mm -hmm. So as it stands currently, and I've I've been fielding phone calls all morning. I think we started this podcast late because I was Mm -hmm. fielding phone calls. Uh, we're hearing that farmers can no longer use dicamba for over-the-top crops. So, like, if you've already got your cotton or soybeans planted, you can't use dicamba. Uh, but, however, we're hearing from other sources that you can use it as a burn-down in le- uh, later um, or older-developed dicamba chemicals, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, what I listed above here, uh, a Bears Extendamax, BAS, Ingenia, and Syngenta's Tavium, mm-hmm. those are completely re- gone. Mm. You can't use those for any reason. But in older formulations of the chemical, you can use it as a burn down. Now, this has kind of been a roller coaster of, well, they said this. No, it's this. No, it's this. So I'm going to continue to follow this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be important to our row crop guys and girls. Uh, but also, Brandy Carroll wrote a short little Ag Insider that was posted last night or this morning. Okay. So if you want a little bit more information uh, on that specifically, go out to arfb.com, uh, and you can see Brandy's little spill she put out, and it's it's good information. So Yeah. But like I said, we will continue to follow this. I know it's going to be important to a lot of people. So, um Yeah. Well, that's where we're yeah, at. there's a lot of lot of thoughts on this in right what, now. A month and a half, two months before plant season starts, yeah. like there's people that already probably have this in their shop, or they already have the seed delivered, you know, and for sure, yeah. So it'll be interesting <laughs> and to see how EPA responds. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and they're gonna have to respond respond pretty quickly. Yep. So, all right. Well, that wraps up the news. All right. See y'all later. Yep. <laughs> Very good. Nice try. Here comes your favorite part of the day, yeah. right before your least favorite part of the day. Oh, man, I, thinking is <laughs> difficult. Come on, campers. Yep. Let's play. I, I, I really enjoy that. I really do. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> that is not a joke. Sometimes okay. I hear it in my sleep. <laughs> I, I'm sure you do. Wake you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate the time. I I have been holding this back from you guys for two years, but oh, I wanted to announce gosh. my new album is coming out. Your new album <laughs> called Stuff Did you the not Host? watch the and, Grammys? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> oh, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's called I'm Schizophrenic, and so am I. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> uh, uh, seriously. It's a little Grammy's humor. Since we're, That's since awesome. we're, yeah, uh, That's good. Since we're, uh, since we're doing, so <laughs> yes, Me, these are music, and the, the first couple of uh, 
questions are music related. Yeah. So yeah okay. Wanted to see if you Good. guys could get them. Okay. I'm not great at music, but we'll just try. All right. Disclaimer. Who composed the music for the video game Sonic the Hedgehog 3? Oh, goodness. Specifically the third one? Not like I know either one of them, but uh, uh, would it? Feels like a Calvin Harris type thing, but I've not seen the movie, so. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I have no clue. Daft Punk? No. no. Good guess. Good I mean, guess, yeah. It could be. Would you believe Michael Jackson? No. Tell us. I mean, I, yeah, more. I guess, but. <laughs> he did. From beyond. Yes. Uh, Interesting. Well, he was still alive back then. So. Oh, okay. I thought that was oh, video games, one of right? the no, no, video game. Video though. game. I yeah. was thinking about the movie. Oh, no, no. Video game. Right now. video game. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, had, yeah. I didn't listen very I had well. Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega. Yeah. Genesis, the original. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't hear, I don't remember the music. I just remember the coins or the rings. My grandkids are fascinated with Sonic, by the way. That's funny. Yeah, he's made a resurgence. Yes. What is Bob Dylan's real name? I have no clue. Robert. Keep going. Dylan. Robert Dylan Jones. You guys are fired. Robert Davis. Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Robert Zimmerman. Huh. Hmm. All right. Well. You're not doing too well with the Grammys. So what color is the black box in an airplane? Red. Orange. Orange. Look at you. They gotta be able to find it. All right. So now you're 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 one for three. (laughs) I'm gonna throw one more to you and we'll see if you can get this one, okay? Yeah. Last question. Okay. What is the number one seller? At Walmart, what item? Period. Period. That's the question. And I don't know where they got this, so I can't verify it, but I got it. So don't ask off any follow-up questions. So, uh, <laughs> the number one what would item. You guess? What commodity? S- oh, it's commodity. Oh, yeah, I gave you a little oh, nugget there. Hand. So like, I even. You're talking about commodity, like real milk. commodities. <clears throat> yeah, milk's a good guess. Rice, a grain of some sort. Beef. No, How so. many guesses are you going to have? There's no rules to this. <laughs> Apparently, just he just keeps rolling yeah, until I like, say no. So. He's just watching for your head but to nod. All Pork. of those are wrong. Uh-huh. Tortilla chips. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken. Bananas. Bananas. Yeah. Bananas. So, that is all I have for you, gentlemen. I wonder if but bananas are For the record, top you got one right. So. Yeah, well, one congratulations. You did a great job at stump stumping the hose. Stump the hose. Michael Jackson. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. That's even better. <laughs> Other things. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, awesome. We had a good one this week. Thanks, yeah, we y'all. Did. Uh, that Struggle. wraps up the news for this week. Thanks for following along with the Arkansas iCast. We're grateful for you taking the time to watch and listen. Remember, you can catch new episodes of the show every Thursday afternoon. Find video episodes on Facebook and YouTube. Listen to the audio version wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you subscribe and leave us a review when you have a few extra minutes. The Arkansas iCast is brought to you by Arkansas Farm Bureau. I'm Jason Brown. And I'm John McMinn. And we'll see you next week.